The Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129 presents America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture with Father Matt Malone and Carrie Weber. Good afternoon. This is America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture. Unfortunately, for all of you listeners out there, I am not Father Matt Malone. My name is Father Patty Gilger. I'm happy to welcome you to our show this week, and I'm joined by Kevin Clark, who is our chief correspondent. Kevin, welcome. Yes, and I am not Kerry Weber. Well, too so bad. So I, 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 I can almost hear I can almost hear the dial spinning away as people discover that Matt and no, Kerry are not here. I miss Kerry and Matt both, but we're really happy to have we you. We will here. do our best, uh, and uh, as as Matt and, and Kerry do each week. We offer news and analysis from the intersection of the church and the world, gathered by the crack team at America Magazine, the crack editorial team. And in, a, in a, one of the key one of members the, of our crack editorial team, we're joined by Vivian Cabrera. Vivian is the editorial assistant for digital media. Vivian, we're really happy to have you here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. And we have a really interesting article called How to Choose the Right Godparent by the wonderful Simka Fisher. Simka is a speaker, freelance writer, and author of the book, The Sinner's Guide to Natural Family Planning. She blogs daily at SimcaFisher.com, and she joins us now. Simca, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. This is a really beautiful piece that you've written, you know, filled with lots of, like, details and insights about different cultural practices. How did this idea of this come to you, and what were you hoping to communicate in the piece? Yeah, uh, well, full disclosure, I didn't think of it myself. The editors of America proposed the idea. <laughs> so your godparents <laughs> at America Magazine. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a great idea because I I, I know that it's something that every, every Catholic has a godparent, and many, many Catholics are godparents, and yet it's one of those things where um, hardly anything is known about it, and people have very strong opinions about it, and there's just, it's one of those places where um, it, it's sort of like everybody has this common experience, and yet the actual lived experiences of it vary so very, very widely um, from different cultures and different generations and different, um, you know, different areas of the country and everything. So, um, so I started to talk to some people, some some of my many Catholic friends, and and sure enough, it was a very, very broad range of experiences uh, centering on the, the sort of the, the godparenting experience. So it was, it was interesting. What did you see that was uh, similar across cultures regarding uh, the choice? I mean, is that the beginning of the similarities? Like, the, do parents agonize a lot about these, or were they more like uh, me? I had so many siblings <laughs> to choose from. It basically was, well, I know Andy, my older brother, gets top uh, billing uh, for the first child, and then I sort of worked my way down through my other siblings. Right. <laughs> sort of the default godparent thing. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it is mainly about an honor that you're bestowing on the godparent rather than what you think the godparent can offer to the child who's being baptized. And, um, you know, in some cultures, that's a very, very strong thing. In um, Hispanic cultures, that seems to be. Um, one, of, one of the women that I interviewed, um, Letitia Adams, said that it's almost the same as asking somebody to walk you down the aisle. You know, it's it's a and you're almost asking them to be part of your family. So it's somebody that you want to think very hard about. And it's also, in many cases, um, somebody that the rest of your family is going to pressure you to choose this person. <laughs> That's something that I actually heard a lot. Um, your your mother and your grandmother and all your aunts and uncles are, are well, maybe more aunts than uncles, <laughs> as are a, pressuring as a... you to choose. As a Latina, I can yeah. uh, confirm this is all true. Uh, when it comes <laughs> to um, this person is 
adopted into your family. And you have a really good story of um, Ruby, who was the godparent for uh, uh, Barbara uh, Dawson's daughter, I believe. Right. Um, and, and how the family's like, great, now you are a part of our family. That so means that, you have to show up at every family event. It, but then and... they also, like, godparents also shower you with, with gifts because they, like, really <laughs> yep. under, kind of like, you are my you are my child. Like, you are finally my godchild. And there is a, definitely that pressure of, like, who are you going to choose? Um, but in the same way that um, non-Hispanic Catholics are taken aback by how warm Hispanic yeah. um, cultures are, um, I found it was the same kind of opposite. Like when I, I didn't know that the, there was a difference between a godparent and a sponsor, which you mentioned um, in your piece about the confirmation sponsor versus the godparent you get when um, you're baptized. Right. I mean, in many cultures, that's not that's that's going to be a different person, and in many cases, it's the um, the when the child is confirmed, I mean, this is changing in a lot of dioceses when they're moving the age of confirmation to a younger age. Mm-hmm. But as it is now in many in many places, um, you're a teenager when you choose a confirmation, when you're confirmed and you choose a confirmation sponsor. So it's sort of your opportunity to pick somebody. If the god, if the godparents were doves as often mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, like man, that's me, too close to home know, for me. Yeah. I'm a dud. I'm, I'm, I'm a godfather to about four well. kids. And uh, if it weren't for my wife, she thinks of all their birthdays at least. But um, yeah. so they get a, they do get a Christmas gift and a birthday gift from me, courtesy of my wife's superior planning skills. But the other role of the godparent as being sort of like the uh, backup spiritual guide, uh, I really feel like I have been an abject failure at. <laughs> um, I even when I was in Jerusalem, I bought... Uh, uh, rosaries for all of my god godchildren. I was so pleased with myself. I brought them home and I said, when they each get their communion, I'm going to mail this to them with a loving little note from Uncle Kevin. And you know, all of those rosaries are sitting in a closet somewhere in my. Uh, my it's I never fully too late, confess. It's never I know I've got to. I've so. got to break them out someday. I, I also was supposed to give them to my children. I really. I, I guess I failed both as a parent and a godparent. <laughs> not true. Not true. Or only partially so. <laughs> Thank you. Holy and so, sinful. So, Simka, did you experience yeah. that where where uh, the spiritual role in some cultures was much more pronounced and it was more of an honorific in others? Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. I mean, in. In the cultures where it was a big, um, where where there was you had to you had to supply everything at the party, and it was a big and it was a big deal, and it was a big honor and everything. There seemed like there was actually less emphasis on the cultural component of it, whereas in some cultures where there wasn't a lot of um, cultural, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, fuss built up around it, yeah. the spiritual component seemed like there it was more um, it was it was more pronounced. I mean, what what happens? Unfortunately, most of the time, I, for the story, I talked to a couple of women who had been involved in um, faith formation and religious education, and they were the ones who had to tell parents, "Oh, you want to baptize your baby? Um, okay, here's here's the guidelines for who you can choose as godparent." And not only could the parents not think of a single person, oh, they both told me this, that they couldn't think of a single person, much less two people, who fulfilled those. Um, those, uh, I can't think of the word. Those criteria. Yeah. 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 But the parents themselves were just behind practicing, and they were showing up at the church because, well, we want to have a picture of the baby in a frilly dress, and this seems like a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, so, and, and that was really interesting because it, it was that you think of godparents as being there to offer something to the godchildren, and obviously that is what you're supposed to do. 
But there's also this aspect where it works in the other direction, where the opportunity to become a godparent and to choose a godparent brings the adults closer to God and closer to the church and educates them and motivates them to become more involved in their own spiritual life as well as the spiritual life of the child. So in an age when people are very, you know, 80% of the people reading Maya Diocesan magazine don't go to Mass every week, Hmm. for instance. So they're just not all that heavily involved. So um, the task of choosing a godparent and the obligation or the, the honor of becoming a godparent is an opportunity for those people to become closer to the church rather than rather than the other way around, rather than them being guides and, um, um, you know, a sponsor, as, which is what they properly are. Well, that's and I think I've I've experienced some of that with um, with uh, my family trying to find a sponsor well for confirmation, uh, and, uh, and 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 getting people reconnected through through the uh, baptism of a child. There's a really interesting uh, portion in the beginning of your article where you talk about um, a common misunderstanding a lot of people have, which I definitely did not know this, but um, people assume that godparent is the same as legal guardian, and that's not the case. Which I was. So wait, this is true out. for your in your in your family or your like your experience is that that the godparent is like yeah. a legal guardian as well as a religious figure. Exactly, my uh, my godparent is my mom's sister, and I always assumed if anything happened to my parents, and then my aunt would take care of me. And oh God, I, that's not true. Okay, could you speak a little yeah. bit uh, about that? I'm sure that a lot of people must find that shocking. Yeah, I mean uh, that would be especially shocking if it, again it was a matter of two different cultures coming together and one family had that expectation mm-hmm. and the godparent had no idea that was what was expected. <laughs> 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 Important to talk about these things a little bit yeah. first. Yeah, I mean it's a it, it, it's it's important. It's it's so it's so difficult. Everybody is so busy, and you know the church wants you to to, to show up at this ceremony and and says kind of springs this question on you: Are you prepared to? What's the actual wording of it? Are you ready to help the parents of this child in their duty as Christian parents? And you say mm-hmm. yes. You know I'm the godparent to a number of different babies. And um, I don't remember anybody ever telling me exactly what that meant. Or, yeah. what, what it was, or if what you're it you're meant. expected to fill in if something happens to the the pa- actual parents. Right. I mean, that's something that obviously that you know it would be the responsibility of the parents to talk to the godparents about what they're actually expecting. But um, I don't know. I think it would probably be helpful for um, uh, in, in in religious education classes to bring that up specifically to make sure there's no misunderstanding. <laughs> You know, the, because it does seem like a common misunderstanding that this is not only not only the the expectation between them, but that there's actually some kind of legal um, that actually has some kind of legal heft, and it absolutely does not. So, Simka, with regard to your own experience of being a godmother or in choosing yeah. godparents for your own children, what skills have you looked for, or what skills do you feel like you've needed or that you want to cultivate to really be a good example in the faith? Like, you know, are you ready to help this parents, the parents of this child, in their duty as Christian parents? Like, how do you want to help them, or what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, I I may be absolutely the worst godmother in the world I'm just I'm, I'm really, there's so I'm much competition for that know. though <laughs> when I heard when I heard the assignment from, from my editor I was like oh but oh no. see this is the Holy Spirit reaching out to you to get you back on the job yeah know. yeah probably I mean, and I do feel like uh, uh, whatever else whatever whatever else a godparent might choose to do the very baseline 
and it's not only the minimum, but actually the most important part of it is to pray for your godchildren, and that's mm-hmm. something that I do. <laughs> so I do. So I do that anyway. And 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 it's kind of funny. We we talk about we talk about you know our our failures, and I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that, but we forget that the invisible work of prayer and the invisible work of grace is really about 80% of our lives, and we just don't realize it because we're sort of scurrying around on the surface, getting busy, and, you know, my misery and picking out outfits and having parties and, um, you know, trying to give each other advice and feeling guilty and everything. And meanwhile, there's this whole sort of undercurrent of spiritual action going on that we don't even know about and we forget about, but but it's real. It's absolutely real. And really, at least this is what I tell myself, yeah. really the main, main job of a godparent is to pray for your godchild and to have faith that this is not just ordinary prayer. This is prayer that has to do with the sacrament, which is one of the main you know, influxes of grace that the Holy Spirit has opened up for us. So there is so, still um, hope for me. I could still become the... <laughs> You can still become a better godparent. It's very (laughs) reassuring. I mean, that is what I would want. That is what I hope that that the godparents of my children do. I hope they pray for them because... Honestly, the older I get, it's it's one it's one of those things. The more I realize how extremely important and valuable it is to have somebody praying for you specifically, intentionally by name, regularly. It's really there's there's really nothing else. There's nothing else that's there's nothing else as effective as that. Yeah, yeah, Simka, it's beautiful and it is really important. One of the things that you mentioned in the piece that I think supplements that, yeah, supplements this um, this practice of prayer that we're talking about here. You describe um, one young woman who calls her granddaughter's godmother, one grand- grandparent who calls the grand- granddaughter's godmother the ultimate godparent by not only bringing Christmas and birthday presents, but walking with her goddaughter through the Stations of the Cross and praying the rosary for her every day. So what really struck me about that is the idea in there that this godparent is teaching their godchild how to walk the stations of the cross and maybe even how to pray the rosary. So, I mean, I'm thinking about this for my own godchildren. And I, you know, look, in some ways I have this incredible built-in advantage where as a priest, like, I can show up at their house and like, oh, let's do something explicitly religious. It's called Mass, you know, and we're just going to do this in the house here. That's tough to beat. That's tough to compete with. It's it's, it's great. But I think that there's so many of these important cultural practices Mm -hmm. that are deeply embedded in the faith that we can pass on, that we as godparents should take on. responsibility to pass pass on in some ways. And and parents, uh, I, every parent I know would be extremely grateful to have some help with that, because yeah. the, there's so many responsibilities you have as a parent, and sometimes, I mean, I have 10 children, and sometimes I forget to do yep. any kind of religious education for yep. kind of a long time, <laughs> and if I had some... You get a free, like, you get a free pass for me for anything after that sentence, uh, 10 children. <laughs> And have you noticed when when there are a lot of children involved that the desire for a good godparent kind of like the the more long you go and like, oh, now it's my fourth child who needs a godparent, like that you want someone who's a little more experienced or whatnot? Um, At least in my experience, my brother who's younger than me, my parents maybe thought about a little more than than with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's something that one of um, Amy Eckblad that I interviewed um, she has how many? I think she has thirteen children, fourteen children, and um, she said for the first several children, she was just basically picking her buddies. That was, right. you know, she yeah. just didn't take it seriously at all. And then as she got older, and she had, she experienced a reversion to the faith, 
and she did begin to take it more seriously and she did mm-hmm. begin to and I think she she said that she even paired up at least one of her children so one of her older children was the godfather for the younger oh, child. Oh, that's a beautiful within story. Within the same family, yeah. And they have a very close relationship, and the, and the older child takes it seriously mm-hmm. that it's his job to help educate the, 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 the younger um, sibling, which also, of course, enhances his own Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I always you know, the find... The way to learn something is to teach it, right? Exactly right. No, I always find myself, like, in, in uh, teaching or dealing with young people, that taking them more seriously, like, putting the expectations, not sky mm-hmm. high, but higher, they they mm-hmm. really respond. That's really edifying for me to hear that. Mm-hmm. Look, Simka, this is um, wonderful to speak with you and wonderful to learn a little bit about what you've learned about how to choose the right godparent and what you're looking for and the kinds of skills there. We want to thank you for joining us once again, as you regularly do here on... America this week. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. Wonderful, Simka. Um, I really loved that conversation. Yeah, that was that was uh, a lot of fun, and it's a great piece. And you can find it. I think it's called. Uh, oh, this I cannot read this. How to choose the right godparent at right AmericaMedia.org. <laughs> yeah. It was so straightforward, you couldn't think of the, <laughs> yeah. the title. Well, and yeah. I think listening to you a little bit, Vivian, mm-hmm. about your experience of having being shocked a little bit by this, whereas for me, I feel like, to be honest, I don't even know my godparents. Oh. I've, I've yeah. don't, I think I met them when I was a kid, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I think it, it's a generational thing. I think modern life presents new challenges mm-hmm. to that to this custom of that's godparenting. Right. That's I mean, right. I have brothers who live in different... Uh, I have a sister who lives in a different state, a brother who lives in Singapore. Mm. I'm godparent to mm-hmm. children in five different states, really, I think, when I... Uh, yeah. So it's 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 not like we're in the same village anymore yeah, where we all get difficult. together. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. living in this dispersed world is really challenging. One of the things that Simka mentions in there, she quotes the catechism of the church as reminding us that, quote, faith needs a community of believers. And godparents are right at the heart of that. I know mm-hmm. I need a community of believers. That literally is what the Society of Jesus is for me. Yeah. So I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we have to try and uh, instead of fight the modern era, maybe try to use the tools at our disposal to create that community. family community of godparents and, and, uh, and their children uh, via, I don't know, uh, Facebook or FaceTime. Yeah. Not that I want to give Facebook <laughs> a plug. Uh, anymore. I think they're doing okay. Yeah, they don't, don't need any help from us. It, no. Yeah. no, but we do want to use those things, and we want to thank you through this digital media that you're listening to us over right now for being here with us this week. This has been America This Week. I've been joined by Ed- Vivian Cabrera and Kevin Clark. Thank you for being with us. We will see you in a week. Channel, Sirius XM 129.